take your song, your Bibles and turn to Psalm 34. Keep your finger there and put a. I have another place for you to put a mark in. It's in 1 Samuel chapter 21. And once you do that, go back to Psalm 34. Say, so what are you doing? Because we're going to spend our time between those two passages of Scripture. It's a whole lot easier if you already got it marked. All right. Psalm chapter 34 is a psalm of David. It's a psalm of praise. And a lot of times we, th- we think about praising God. We just did that with, th- with Thanksgiving. Um, it's, a, it's a day that we, uh, that we uh, set aside in our nation anyways. Um, I, I, don't think the, I don't think England celebrates Thanksgiving Day. I think it's something that we celebrate because it's part of our American history. But as Christians, we have every reason to be thankful to the Lord all the time. And I love how this passage starts. It says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Let's go ahead and pray. Father God, I I thank you, Lord, for uh, your word. God, I thank you for the blessings uh, that we see here in your word. Lord, it is many times easy to, to praise you uh, when things are going well. Lord, it's easy to praise you when we've seen victory. But Lord, sometimes, Lord, it's, it's hard for us. Our flesh is, is not so willing to praise you, Father, when we're going through difficult times. So Lord, I'm thankful for this, this, uh, this uh, passage, Lord, that, that David wrote in a period of time in life, of his life when um, he was going through some struggles. So, God, I pray that you'd help us now to, to, to read, to understand, to gain knowledge and wisdom. Lord, that we can apply these truths to our life, that we can praise you in the middle of our problems. Lord, when, when it's raining on our heads or there's snow in the driveway or whatever the, the, the situation is, God, I pray that you'd help us to praise you. Father, we are to praise you at all times. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. David here, if, there's a... Uh, there's a note here you'll, you'll see at the top of your, most chapters in most Bibles. You'll see it. It says, a Psalm of David, when he changed his behavior before Abimelech, who drove him away, and he departed. And that's the passage there back in First Samuel. We're going to get to it in a few moments. Uh, but verse 1 says this, I will bless the Lord at all times. Uh, bless means to to praise, to bring honor and glory, to to uh, to, to to serve him out of gratitude, to be thankful for. Uh, uh, David says, "I'm going to bless him at all times, not just the good times, not just the okay times, but even the difficult times." And it's easy to say that in the midst of dif- of the good times, I'm going to bless God always. I'm just going to always be thankful. I'm going to praise the Lord because because the, man, I had victory. Man, I, I'm going to have victory every time. But when you're in the midst of the trial, it is not always easy to bless God. It is not always easy to praise God. Our flesh most certainly doesn't want to do those things. Can I tell you what my flesh wants to do when I'm in the midst of a trial? Worry. Be anxious. Give up. Run away. Beg for help. Do something, right? And that, that's what our flesh wants to do. It, our, our flesh says, listen, uh, uh, there's, there's, there's no way out of this. I don't see any way out. Uh, you might as well just give up. The problem, 
the God who was with me before in the victory is with me even in the difficult times. See, if you remember back to the account when Peter goes to walk on the water, Peter takes how many steps out of the boat? We don't know exactly, but he took some. The same Jesus who called him out on the water was the same Jesus who was holding him up when he took those first couple steps. But when he took his eyes off of Jesus and, and, and began to see the winds and the waves, when did, that's when he began to sink. When his, when his faith began to wane. Now, praise the Lord, Peter knew who to call out to. He didn't try to swim back to the boat. Uh, he, he, he yelled out uh, one, of those quick, one of those quick prayers that we do all the time. Lord, save me! And he stuck his hand out and Jesus reached down and grabbed his hand and picked him up out of the water. It's, it's not always easy, but it's not always easy to praise the Lord and say, well, how, did, how could David praise God? He's saying he's praised him at all times, but did he really? Well, let's go back and look. Take your Bibles and turn back to, well, if you've already got it marked, it shouldn't, you have to turn, just flip it over to 1 Samuel chapter 21. Now, to know what's really going on, you have to look at the, the previous verses and look at verse 41 of chapter 20. And as soon as the lad was gone, David arose out of a place toward the south and fell on his face to the ground and bowed himself three times, and they kissed one another. Who's that? That's him and Jonathan, he and Jonathan. And wept one with another until David acceded. And Jonathan said to David, Go in peace, for as much as we have sworn both of us in the name of the Lord, saying, The Lord be between me and thee, and between me and my seed, and thy seed forever. And he arose and departed, and Jonathan went into the city. Well, that doesn't sound like such a bad day for David. He's got friends, and his friends are crying with him, and he's just saying goodbye. No. No, see, Jonathan's warned David that, that his father might just want to kill him. And he wants to play, uh, run his dad through a little test. And he says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring you up before, before my father. And if he makes it clear, I understand that he's going to kill you. I'm going to come warn you. Don't come to dinner, David. I want you to go hide. So David does that. He goes out and hides. And they make arrangements of, of, of how they're going to meet. And Saul, or Jonathan finds out that Saul is going to kill David. Has every intent on kill David. Now we have the privilege of history to be able to look back and see all that, David, all that Saul did to try to kill David. He hated him. Uh, there was an evil spirit that would rise up within him, a, a, a spirit of envy and, and anger and, and, and just bitterness. And, and, and he, would, he tried to pin David to the wall with a spear. He, tried to, he would, rose up his army to chase after uh, uh, David, who was his, his, his faithful follower, who never had a desire to steal the, the kingdom away from him. God took that kingdom away from him because of his sin. It was going to give it to David, but David wasn't going to wrestle it out of his hands. He was going to wait until God placed it, placed it, or placed him on that seat. And, but Saul's trying to kill David. I don't know about you, but if the U.S. government decided to come and hunt me down, I might be a bit worried. If somebody, got, if somebody that I knew, uh, somehow the, Brother Rich works in the VA, so he's kind of government, right? And, if somehow he got word that they had a, a, a watch out for me not to show up at the VA and, and they were sending people out to get me and he came to tell me, I'd really be appreciative of my, my brother in Christ who came to tell me that, but it would not necessarily allay my fears. He ran. He didn't have a weapon. He didn't have an army with him. Uh, he's just a young, a young man. Yes, he's fought, he's fought Goliath. And yes, he's had some victories in his past. And we'll, we'll talk about that here in a few minutes. But, but he's in the midst of a problem. In uh, chapter 21, he goes and 
He goes to Ahimelech, who's a priest, and he happens to ask in verse 8 of Ahimelech if he has himself some kind of weapon that he might use. Now, he lies here to Ahimelech and tells him the king has sent him on a job, and he was in a hurry and didn't have a chance to grab a sword, and he has something there. Notice verse 9 says, The priest said, said, The sword of Goliath, the Philistine, whom thou slewest in the valley of Elah, behold, it is here, wrapped in a cloth, Behind the ephod, and thou wilt take that, take it, for there is no other save that here. And David said, There is none like that, give it me. And David arose and fled that day. Notice he's still fleeing for fear of Saul. Notice where he goes. And went to Asius, the king of Gath. Now if you if you if you know anything about the Philistines, they don't like David. <laughs> Now David's running from Saul, and I don't know what his what his thought was or what his reasoning was behind it, uh, but he was looking for someone to protect him. Uh, and he goes there to Asius, and uh, they, they're, they're ushering him in, into the king, and he's, he's starting to notice there's a problem here. Uh, they, they just might want to, to kill him. It says in the verse, verse 11, And the servants of Asius said unto him, Is not this David the king, the king, the king of the land? Did they not sing one to another of him in dances, saying, Saul has slain his thousands, and David his ten thousands. And David laid up these words in his heart. And he was sore afraid of Asius, the king of Gath. So they're ushering him in. They're whispering, isn't this David? Isn't this the guy who killed Goliath? Isn't this, this is the one the Philistines are, or the, the Israelites sing songs? We got, this is, this is a good catch we have right here. And he suddenly realizes he is not in a safe place. So he, 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 he says there, the, the, the exact phrase there is that he laid up these words in his heart. He understood what it meant. He's still in trouble. Verse 13, he changed his behavior before them and faded himself mad in their hands and scrabbled on the doors of the gate and let the spittle fall down upon his beard. David became as close as the best you could, the best you could say is a, a, a madman. Uh, he began to, to drool all over himself and to, to scream out words and scrabble at the door, scratching at the doors, like, let me out. Ah! And that, he humiliated himself. Why? Well, Asius saw that and said to his servants, Lo, you see this, see the man is mad. Wherefore then have you brought him to me? He was, Why have you brought this guy to me? Who is this guy? He said he was, he said he was David. Sure, let's believe that. And so they let him go, and, and he, run, he runs to a cave. Now, in, in, my, in my mind, uh, uh, and that, and that's where I believe he writes Psalm 34 from, is this cave. It's after he's, he's found his, his, his relief, uh, uh, his freedom there from Asius, uh, the, the king there of the Philistine. And he, he gets his freedom there, and he runs, and he's hiding in this cave, hiding from Saul. Saul's out to kill him, hiding from, from Asius because... If he had figured out who he was, he'd have been dead. And, and he's got nothing there except for a sword. Now, there's something special about the sword. David has handled it once before. Do we remember when David handled it? And the chopping off of the, the, the boys are like this. When he chopped off Goliath's head, David did not have a sword. He had to take Goliath's sword, and I'm sure it was, if, if, the, their, if, their, if his spear was as big as a weaver's beam, I'm sure the sword was kind of heavy for David, especially as a boy. He picked up that sword, and he 
chopped off Goliath's head and walked around with his bloody, with his bloody, <laughs> Marge just still can't get past it. He walked around with his bloody head and carried it around, uh, lifting it high, showing the victory that, that God had had. Listen, he was a boy. He didn't win that battle. God won that battle for him. David, in the, mid, in the middle of that cave, unwraps that sword or, and remembers what God had done. He still has Saul chasing after him. Things haven't all been worked out. Uh, he, he, he's not, uh, yes, yes, Asius, I didn't kill him, but, but, but Saul still is out to get him. And that's when he pens these words. I will bless the Lord at all times. I will, his praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. O magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Next several verses, he talks about what God has done. Verse 4 says, I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked unto him and were lightened and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried. And the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. David understood because of his past victories and because of God's prior provision that even in the midst of his problems, he could still praise God. It didn't mean he was in the clear. Because David was still chased by Saul for a very long period of time, years after this. Uh, 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 he wasn't free of Saul. He wasn't free of the problem. That wasn't, that wasn't a problem that wasn't going to be taken care of until God took Saul home. Uh, uh, even, though, uh, even though Saul would tell him, I'm not going to hunt you anymore, guess what? The next thing you know, he's out after him again. And there were times when that happened. There were times when God gave him the ability to take Saul's life, where he was in a position where all he had to do was chop off his head or stab him in the back, and, and he didn't do it. Praise the Lord that he didn't do it. I, I think that, that, that was uh, because he understood that there was a necessity not to touch God's anointed. There had to be God's timing and God's will and all of those things. But, but with that, uh, he could have solved his own problem. Do you understand most of the time we try to solve our own problems? I, I, there, there's got to be some way that I can get myself out of this. I've got to be able to do this. If I do this, if I do this, why don't we just praise God where we're at and trust him to take care of the problem? And that doesn't mean we never do anything to, 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 to fix a situation. Sometimes God also gives us the ability here. But in this, in this particular place where he is at, he is able to praise God. Notice he says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Look over Matthew chapter 12 with me, if you would. Matthew chapter 12. We're going to look at one verse, verse 34. I'm in the wrong chapter. There you go. Here, Jesus is speaking to the, to the Pharisees. He says, O generation of vipers, 
How can ye, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. One of the times I believe that we, one of the things that I, I think that we struggle with, being thankful, praising God, is because in our heart there is no thankfulness. In the heart, there is no real praise. How do we get that real praise? How, how can we truly be thankful? I believe we need to meditate on those things that cause us to be thankful. That's what David did. He remembered. He remembered to the victory God had given him before. He saw that, that, he saw that sword, the, the, the memory, the, the reminder of that day that he stood before Goliath. And, and Goliath accused, said he, that, that he was going to kill him. And, and he, he, he took that, uh, that little uh, stone and he put it in a sling and threw it up there and hit Goliath right where he was unprotected in the middle of his forehead between his eyes. And that, stung, that, that stone went in so fast and so hard, it sunk into his skull, the Bible says. That takes more strength than a little boy has. And he, and he fell down and he died. And he knew that he didn't do that on his own. In fact, he, he knew he wasn't going to fight Goliath on his own when he went to fight Goliath. I remember Saul said, listen, you're too young. And he says, listen, the God, the God who helped me kill the lion and the bear. I remember, it's, it's going back and looking at those past victories. Anytime that we're going through struggles and trials in life, anytime that there's a problem, we need to be able to praise God. But the, the greatest way that we can praise God is, is to praise him for what he has done for us previously. Those first three verses here in Psalms 34 tell us that we're to bless the Lord, that, we're to, that, can, that we should bless him and praise him continually with our mouth. Verse 2 says, My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. Verse 3 says, Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. The verses 4, 5, and 6 tell us of the time and what we're praising, what we can praise God for, those things that happened in the past. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Has God ever done that for you? Has God ever provided for you? Has God ever protected you in the midst of your problems? When you're looking back, has there been a time in your life when, when you were in danger or you were afraid and God took care of that situation for you? Listen, it wasn't, it wasn't so-and-so down the road. You, you can't point at anybody else other than God. And God took care of this. Mark that. Carry that with you. So that the next time something comes up, and listen, something will come up again. The next time, write it down in your Bible, this date, this time, God blessed it this way. So that when that time comes, you can open it up. It's there to remind you of what he's done for you in the past. So that you can praise him. I sought the Lord and he heard me. I am so thankful that when we seek God, he hears us. We're going to go down here later on in the chapter. It tells, us, it tells us how we can know that God's going to hear us. It says in verse, verse uh, 14, uh, sorry, verse 12. What, is, what man is he that desireth life and loveth many days that he may see good? Keep thy tongue from evil and keep thy lips from speaking the guile. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. 
the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, and notice this next phrase, and his ears are open unto their cry. Do you know that God loves his his kids? You got God's listening for his kids? We talked about the righteousness this morning. Are you righteous? Not in yourself, right? Uh, it talked about the Simeon being a just man. That talked about uh, him being justified or righteous. He was justified by his faith in, in the coming Messiah. You're justified by your faith in the, in the Messiah who came, died, and rose again. You're justified. You're not righteous. But can I, uh, can I tell you, God's ears are open to your cries. Now, there are things that can affect our prayers. Uh, Paul's, Paul's, Paul talks about that. If we pray, if we ask amiss, uh, uh, Paul, Paul also tells us that if, if uh, husbands, if, you got, if there's a, a problem between you and your wife and you don't deal with that, that, that can affect your prayers. Uh, our, our lives, whether or not we're living a righteous life, can affect our prayers because it, it, it can affect our fellowship with God. But if you want God to hear your prayers, then, and then, 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 then do your best to, to keep those accounts short, to make sure that you're trying to live a holy life life for God and and seek him you have not because you ask not don't we don't need to put all of our and I'm not I'm not saying anything about any we don't need to air our, our, our grievances on on Facebook or on Twitter or parlor or any of those things out there we don't need to call and tell everybody. no that doesn't mean we don't ask for prayer for folks that's not what I'm saying but many times instead of praying that's what people do it's, it's, it's okay to put that something happened and as long as you're seeking God for the answer. I sought the Lord and he heard me and he delivered me from all my fears. Verse 6, this poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him from out of his troubles. Time and time again, God will take care of you just like he did David. The, the next verse is a promise. This is the angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. Have you ever thought about that? Is that true? It's in the Bible. Do you know that God, God has, has his, his angels there to protect you in those times? If, remember uh, the prophet Elijah or Elisha? I don't, remember, I, I don't always remember which one it was. He woke up, they were surrounded in the morning. And his servant says, what are we going to do? And he prays and asks God to open up his eyes. And he sees the, 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 the army of God encircling them all around. Why don't we ever rely on that army? Why don't we, why don't we all ever trust that God is going to bring us through? I've seen God take care of me and my family and my, uh, me growing up with my, my, my parents. I've seen God provide in ways that just would bother. People say, that, that doesn't happen. And I'm here to tell you, yes, it does. Things that, 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 that there's, there's no other answer. How can somebody know? God. And instead of trusting God, sometimes we forget I praise God that God knows our needs before we ever do 
And praise God that even when we don't always know for sure how he's going to do it, he's already got it figured out. I wish I could say that I always had this kind of faith. I can't say that I do. Sometimes the worries and the anxieties and the fears, they get me too. But notice verse 15, the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and his ears are open to the cry. God sees us. He sees us right where we're at. He knows the situation. He knows our problems. He knows how we feel. He knows what's in our heart. And he's waiting for us to cry out to him. It says his, his eyes are upon the righteous and his ears are open to the cry. If only we would cry out to him like we should. Verse 16, the face of the Lord is against them to do evil, to cut off remembrance of them from the earth. I love this next statement, the righteous cry, and the Lord heareth and delivereth them out of all their troubles. The Lord is nigh to them that have a broken and contrite heart, and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. Many of the afflictions of the, of the righteous, many of the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth them out of, out of all. I see here in this passage a few things that we need to remember. Yes, it's good to, that, we are, that we praise God in the midst of our problems. Praise Him for what He's done. But if we want God to continue to bless, we need to do our best to live that righteous life. Now again, we're, we're righteous because God's made us righteous, and we're sanctified because God makes us sanctified. But the Bible tells us if we, Christ told us if if we abide in His Word, and His Word abides in us. That, that that's what He's looking for. It's not perfection. None of us are perfect. It's the fact that we're growing in the knowledge of His Word, and that His Word is is, is cleansing us and 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 sanctifying us uh, from our our wickedness, our sinfulness. It's that man that God's, God is watching and his ears are open to a cry. And God's ears are also open to those who are, a, who are of a broken and a contrite heart. God knows that we make mistakes. God knows that we fail. He knows when my faith wasn't enough. He knows when, when I let worry overcome me. He knows when, 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 I, when I struggle with my flesh. He knows. But the, the important part is there, the broken and contrite heart, the difference between Saul and David. Saul, in his, in confronted in sin, rejected what uh, said, said, it's not my fault, it's the people's fault. And God rejected him from his kingdom. David, confronted him in his sin, went out and wept bitterly. He had a broken, contrite heart. Psalm 51 very clearly establishes that for us. The Bible says God saves that man. Notice verse 19. It says, many are, uh, are the afflictions of, of the righteous. God doesn't necessarily take us out or keep us from affliction. 
I think that's after this year, that's very apparent for everybody. Uh, but, uh, but even so, God delivers him. Verse 22 ends with this, The Lord redeemeth the soul of his servants, and none of them that trust in him shall be desolate. The Lord redeemeth the soul of his servants, and none of him, them that trust in him shall be desolate. There are many reasons to praise God. We can praise him for who he is. We can praise him for what he's done. We can praise him for, what, for his word and for, what, and for his promises. And like I said, it's easier to pray God, praise God at some points than at others. But we need to learn to praise him at all times. It's, Christmas, it's, it's coming up on Christmas time. This is the time that we sing a lot of Christmas songs. And we, we, we talk a lot about the birth of Christ. And we've talked a lot about hope and, 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 and God strengthening us and, and throughout, the, throughout the year. We talked about God being thankful here a couple weeks ago with Thanksgiving. But I don't think we can ever talk too much about his praise. I, I don't think you can talk too much about God anyways. But God deserves our praise. The question is, is he getting it? Is our praise continual? Is our praise at all times? David went so far as to say, you magnify the Lord with me, let's exalt him together. Sometimes we'll, we'll, we'll praise him by ourselves <laughs> when nobody else is around. Sometimes we verbally praise him, but there's no real true praise. James talks about that, that you can't have a fountain that has bitter water and, and and sweet water. I think many times there's too much bitterness coming from, from our spout that the, that the praise is tainted. But then that's why verse 17 says that he's nigh unto those with a contrite spirit. And God help us to bring honor and glory to him, to praise him in the midst of the truth. Whether it's snowing, sleeting, you're, you're well whether you're well, or you're well. Your, your basement's flooded. Whether whether your car's broken down. Whether you're uh, whether you just got out of the hospital. Man, I can really just bum us out if I wanted to. <laughs> In the midst of all of it, let's praise God for His mercy endures forever, and for all He's done for us. Father God, I thank you for this day, Lord. I thank you for your word. God, I pray you just help us to, to not get caught up and overwhelmed with with our struggles, Father. We all have afflictions, Father, and we all face afflictions one after another. There's no, I don't know that there's ever an end to them, at least not here on this earth. But God, help us to praise you through them. Help us to glorify your name for all that you've done. God, you've been so good to us. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.